You Can Handle Anything, episode number 341. Welcome to the You Can Handle Anything podcast. I'm your host, Shira Gura, and I know firsthand what it feels like to get hijacked by your emotions, keeping you from fully enjoying the moments and people in your life. But I also know that while triggers will always exist, you always have a choice as to how you respond to them. In this podcast, we'll explore the everyday triggers we all face, and I'll share with you the tools and strategies I developed that will guide you to manage your emotions so you can stay calm in the midst of conflict, maintain control, and be the person you want to be so you can go on enjoying the moments of your life. Let's get started. Hello, my listeners, and thank you so much for joining me today. So if you are a regular listener of mine, you will know that I live in Israel, And I would imagine if you are in any way connected to the international news, you have learned about what happened here about one month ago on October 7th. I am going to share some of the details of the events of October 7th because it's very much related to the topic of this week's episode. I apologize in advance for sharing horrific and inhumane details with you. I will keep it brief. But if you need to skip like, you know, 20 seconds or 30 seconds or something like that, I totally understand. Okay, so as you likely know, an Iranian-backed terror militant group called Hamas launched an unprovoked and vicious surprise attack on Israel. Thousands of armed Hamas terrorists tore down large parts of the Gaza security fence using tractors and explosives and invaded southern Israel. They fired over 3,000 rockets into Israel. They split up and made their way to a number of Israeli towns and army bases, which is when the massacres began. They broke into civilian homes, shooting, burning, raping, and beheading. Over 1,300 civilians were murdered. Over 200 were and still are abducted. Hamas terrorists briefly took control of about 10 Israeli towns, terrorizing and brutalizing their residents. Simultaneously, additional terrorists drove onto the Nova Music Peace Festival, which took place in a nearby open area. Partygoers were waking up to the sound of sirens and attempting to evacuate due to the threat of rockets. Many of them did not reach safety. The terrorists fired indiscriminately at the thousands of civilians who came from all over the world to celebrate peace through music. They massacred hundreds, raped young women, brutalized bodies, and abducted many. Over 200 bodies were later found in the area of the festival, most of them belonging to young men and women, innocent youth. Israeli forces operated to neutralize the terrorists and thwart their infiltration. However, the terrorists were also ambushing army bases and killing soldiers and hurling grenades and explosives. The state of Israel has never encountered such a large-scale, calculated attack on the Gaza front. Cribs and baby carriers were found bloodstained. Families were found embracing each other, lifeless Pets were left behind, among them a dog refusing to leave a child's bed, waiting for its owner who will never return. October 7th will forever be remembered as a dark day in Israel's history and in humanity's history. A reminder that there are humans capable of utterly inhumane things. So 
I'm talking about October 7th as if it's a thing of the past, but the truth is, it's not a thing of the past. It is alive in every single person that lives here, not only because of the unprecedented massacre, but because there are still 200 hostages inside of Gaza. And these human beings, from babies to the elderly, are on the minds of Israelis every single day. I cannot even begin to describe the emotional toll this has had on the lives of the citizens of Israel. And I'm not only speaking about the Jewish Israelis, just in case you're not familiar, there are Muslims and Christians and Druze and Bedouins that also live in Israel and who lost their loved ones in this massacre. I cannot speak for others, but I can tell you a bit about how much this event has affected me personally. As I mentioned, it's been about a month since this happened. And I'll say for the past three weeks or so, I, like most people, were in a state of shock and trauma and anger and fear and despair. And I totally lost my routine of going on daily walks and eating healthfully. In fact, I don't think I made food once, except maybe on Friday night when the entire family comes together. But like throughout the week, I haven't been making food since this attack. I have no idea what my family is eating. I'm just more or less grabbing whatever I'm finding in the kitchen. I have been addicted to social media for like ever because I felt the need to know all of the events as they were unfolding. But more than that, I wanted to learn about each and every individual that has been affected by this horror, those that were murdered, those that were kidnapped, those that were severely injured, because each of those individuals have stories and lives. And how could I not take the time to learn more about them? That was like the least I could do to show my respect. So in case you're not aware, there's this thing called mourners or survivors guilt. It's when you feel guilty for surviving a traumatic event or for surviving a loss when others did not. You can experience this after a disaster like October 7th, after the loss of a loved one, especially if you feel like you could have done more to prevent their death. If you're a soldier and you lost a comrade in battle, this is something my daughter has experienced over the last few weeks. I think she's already gone to three funerals one of whom was a friend from elementary school, one was a kid from her high school, and the third was from the army unit that she's in. If you are experiencing mourner's guilt, you likely know the effects it can have on you, from depression to anxiety to sadness to hopelessness to a lack of interest in activities you once enjoyed to post-traumatic stress disorder to social isolation to headaches, sleep disturbances, digestive issues and constant rumination about the event. Have you experienced this recently or ever before? I know many people who experienced this after 9-11. And if you live here in Israel, I believe many people are experiencing this now. I'll share with you some more ways that I've experienced this. A couple of weeks ago, my husband and I visited our daughter at her Navy base. She's a combat soldier in the Navy. And we hadn't seen her for a while, and there was a horrific event that happened there. And after that, she asked us to visit her, which we did. Now, she's in the Navy, which means her base is on the water, which means it's directly next to a beach. So after our visit, my husband asked me if I wanted to go to the beach. And I was like, what the heck? What? Like, 
we're in the middle of a war. We can't go to the beach. And I didn't mean that from the place of, I'm afraid to go to the beach. What if a rocket lands on our heads? But actually more from a place of, that is totally inappropriate. We cannot enjoy ourselves now while so many people in this country are suffering. Or here's another one. Some of you may know that I turned 50 on October 14th, and I had this project in mind to honor that celebration by recording one tune a week for 50 weeks because I have a hobby of composing music. And that was my plan, right? But now I'm like, how can I record and publish joyful tunes when our country is suffering? What else? I don't know. I mean, even walking on the paths inside of my kibbutz, it's like, should I smile to my neighbors? Do I not smile to my neighbors? How do you behave in a time of crisis? I also think a lot about how we're in northern Israel and we're hardly suffering like those in the south who are continuously getting rained down upon by rockets daily, while we here in the north only get a few rockets from Lebanon. And here's another. Because we live in the north and thousands of Israelis have been displaced from their homes, both in the south but also from the northern border of Lebanon, many families have come to communities like ours to find temporary housing if it exists. It's quite amazing to see the level of love and support and unity in this country. It is like beyond anything you can even imagine. So many committees on my kibbutz have been created to support these people, whether it's making meals or picking up groceries for them or whatever. And I've noticed lots of guilt around not doing enough during this time. It's like, how can I help them when I'm hardly surviving myself, right? And still, I feel guilty about it. It's important to understand that survivor's guilt is a natural response to a traumatic event And it's important to understand that it doesn't mean that the survivor is to blame for what happened. That being said, mourner's guilt can be challenging to overcome, and sometimes you will need to seek support from a mental health professional. So just a few days ago, I woke up to what was going on within me, right? These feelings of guilt and how these feelings were just hurting me, like I was just going through the motions of life without really being fully alive, and that's not how I want to live. In fact, in doing so, it's kind of like me giving my power away to the perpetrator, which is exactly what they want. And so I took myself through the unstuck method to really look into this conflict that I was experiencing. I really took time to pause and just feel my guilt feelings. And then I uncovered a lot of limiting beliefs. Like if I'm not watching the news 24-7, then I'm a bad person. And I don't really care about what's going on and that I'm a bad citizen. Is that true? No, of course that's not true. That's just my mind. Okay, so I also realized I was thinking about how the hostages would want me to be thinking about them or even obsessing about them all day long, 24-7. Is that 100% true? No. I mean, at least I can't prove that that's true. I also noticed myself thinking about how I should be able to somehow make sense of this, right? Like that the more I watch the news or the more that I'm on social media, the more I'll be able to make sense of like what's going on. 
But no, that was like the farthest thing from the truth as well, right? That literally made no sense once I stopped to think about it. And so I started to debunk my beliefs one at a time and come up with other perspectives. So one thing I considered, and this is more related to my daughter who's in the Navy, is that it doesn't help when I worry. I remember visiting her a few weeks ago, as I mentioned, and she asked me how I was doing, kind of like a backwards question, right? Because I'm supposed to be asking her because she's in the Navy, but she asked me. And when I answered, I was like, you know, I'm like, I'm okay. Something like that, right? And she looked at me and said, Ima, please do not worry about me. If I know that you are worried, it makes my job so much harder. Wow. So that was a really good consideration. And one other thing that I considered was that not only can I not understand the atrocities that took place on October 7th and that are continuing to reverberate throughout the world, I'm not even supposed to understand it. That it's like beyond my ability to comprehend that I'm literally not supposed to understand how and why this happened. And that consideration really helped me because our minds exist to solve problems, right? And so my mind has been busy trying to understand this and it couldn't settle because it couldn't understand it. But once I considered that it's not supposed to understand it, my mind totally settled down. And you know what else did? When I considered choosing life. That choosing life is the way of my culture. And when I stay stuck in guilt and sadness and hopelessness, I am not actively choosing life. In fact, earlier this morning at like four o'clock, I woke up and decided instead of laying in bed, I would get up, take out my guitar and just start playing and reading words from the book of Psalms. And so I did. I opened the book of Psalms and I landed on Psalm 74 and I started putting music to one of the phrases and then I put on Facebook Live. And even though I literally looked half awake, I started singing this psalm and I was getting deeper and deeper and deeper into the words and into the tune for like 10 minutes. And I want to share with you something amazing. A neighbor of mine ended up seeing my live video about an hour later. After that, she was checking her WhatsApp messages on her phone and she received a video from a soldier who was deep in Gaza working to demolish Hamas. And this is what he said. My name is Weizmann. We've been in Gaza for about a week now. And I want to say that we feel your prayers. And we'd be grateful if you continue. Because there have been miracles. And we see the difference that makes. And that is how we will win. This is a national war and we all have our jobs. We're fighting with our hands and you are fighting with your spirit. Please continue to strengthen us just as we are strengthening you. Wow. Now, it's not to say that ever since I got myself unstuck, I'm walking around smiling ear to ear, but it is to say that I took hold of my emotions and I feel more in control than I ever have in the past few weeks. And I was able to do this because I've developed those skills of taking a pause 
and becoming more aware of what I'm feeling and managing my emotions and managing my thoughts and taking on new perspectives that are actually going to empower me instead of disempower me. These are all skills that need to be cultivated if you want to be able to get out of the sticky situations in your life like mourner's guilt. This is not easy, but what's important to remember is that it is a choice, that we get stuck in our stories, but we can also choose to look at them and we can choose new ones. So my dear friends, anyone listening stuck in mourner's guilt? Maybe you live in America and you feel guilty that you're not here in Israel. Or maybe you're a family who lives in one of those southern communities in Israel, which got massacred, and you happen to have gone on vacation outside of Israel the day before this horrific event happened, and you missed the entire thing. I do know of such a family, by the way. Or maybe after the war broke out, you left Israel, and now you're in the States, and you're wondering if you made the right decision, and you're wondering what others might be thinking of you. What? can you consider? Remember, you always have the power to choose. You may want to consider choosing life, as I did, and just focusing on that. What can you do today that focuses on choosing life? As I mentioned, you may need to seek professional help for this, so please consider doing that if you feel like you need that. But if this episode helps you get out of the funk that you may be in, I would be so happy. Sometimes I think we just need to give ourselves some permission to think differently, to realize there's actually another possibility of thinking and feeling and being. We just need to give ourselves permission to do that. If you would like to continue this conversation with me, head over to Instagram and send me a DM. These are difficult times, my friends, but together we will get through it And I do believe we will emerge stronger because of it. Thank you so much for being with me today. Wishing you a wonderful rest of your week. And remember, you can handle anything. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of the You Can Handle Anything podcast. If you want to learn how to reclaim control over the emotional triggers in your life, Click on the link in the show notes or head over to my website, shiragura.com, to sign up for the waitlist for my live program, React Less, Respond Better. In this four-week live interactive and experiential program, I will teach you my proven process, the unstuck method, step by step, so you can learn how to resolve past conflicts, avoid getting emotionally stuck in the future, and manage your emotions in the moment as challenges are arising. This is the life class that will emotionally equip you for life. Sign up for the waitlist and be the first to know when the doors open next. I look forward to being with you next week.